0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Games Are Fun podcast. My name is Luke Armstrong and I'm your host. Joining me today is my co-host Adam Beagle. Adam how are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. We're missing Garrett today on today's episode. Uh, he he was dealing dealing with uh, the newborn and everything like that so he had to to skip this week, but he'll be back actually on our Tony Hawk review next week. I'll have more info about that in a second, but yeah, it's uh, good to have you here, Adam. Today's show, we're going to be talking about that crazy news from earlier this week, which was Microsoft acquiring ZeniMax and all of their studios, including obviously Bethesda. And then we're going to talk about Amazon announcing their own gaming streaming service called Luna. And that was actually just announced this morning uh, on today's uh, as time of this recording so we're we're fresh on that news so we're going to share our thoughts surrounding that and then we're going to catch you up on what games we've been playing we got some impressions of that Super Mario 3D All-Stars that we can't wait to talk about so that is what today's episode is looking like. But before we get to all that, we just wanted to remind you that Games Are Fun is a weekly podcast. Each week, Adam, Garrett, and myself join together to talk about video game news, trending industry topics, and give reviews on recent game releases. The podcast is available on your favorite podcast services, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Just search for Games Are Fun or Games Are Fun Podcast on your podcast platform of choice. So, Like I said... Tony Hawk review is coming next week. We finally found a time to record that. It's going to be uh, this Sunday, and so that episode is actually going to go up on Monday, September 28th. So, fortunately, we couldn't have Luke Lewis join from Lukewarm Games, but it's going to be Garrett and myself. I've beat the game. I don't think he quite has beat uh, the two campaigns through Pro Skater 1 and 2, but he he's played it enough to give some impressions so we wanted to get that review episode cuz we've been promising that for a couple weeks and so you can expect that like i said september 28th to pop on all the podcast services and then one final note that i wanted to mention please check out my appearance on the Luke Warm Games podcast i was a uh, friend of the show Luke Lewis who was on the our show i think probably about a month ago now he wanted to do a review for Ghost of Tsushima and he asked if I wanted to join so I agreed to it and so yeah that episode went up earlier this week and we I think we talked for like an hour and a half and gave a a full review of Ghost of Tsushima I think the first half of it is spoiler free and then we kind of talk more about the story stuff in the latter half of the show so that please check that out I'll I'll link a description in the show notes for you guys to check that out but Lukewarm Podcast is on your podcast services so just search for lukewarm games podcast and it should pop up on there today's show is brought to you by the games are fun store but we're going to tell you about that later so let's jump into our very first topic now that we got all this housekeeping stuff out of the way i'll turn it over to you adam it's monday earlier this week you turn on your phone in the morning and you see microsoft has acquired bethesda what was your immediate reaction to that
1: uh my first thought was Game Pass just got a whole lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, that was that was the main takeaway. I mean, this is just an absolute uh monumental acquisition and a and a major get for Xbox. So uh good for them. It's it's very surprising. You know, there was a lot of rumors swirling around this this summer, uh, you know, saying that Xbox was actually gonna uh take up you know, WB games and, you know, then that never came to pass. And now I guess this is kind of why that, that, you know, the reasoning behind that is that they were working on, on picking up this acquisition and getting Bethesda and all those studios. So um, yeah, really, really big news.
0: Yeah. It's funny. Cause I've I heard on a couple other podcasts this week, people talking about that Warner brothers rumors that were floating around that you mentioned and it was so funny because people were talking about how they weren't sure if Microsoft could afford something like that, or that that was a pretty big—you would have to dish out a lot of cash for for you know Warner Brothers Interactive. But they uh, they sure showed up when it came to paying for Zenimax and all their studios because uh, they paid actually. Do I have it listed here? I think it was like seven let me look it up. This article that I'm referencing doesn't have the actual cost, but I think it was like 7.3 billion or something. Yeah, like
1: it was that. definitely, it was, it was over, it was 7 point something yeah. Million, yeah, which is just an insane amount of money.
0: Yeah. Like when for reference, Oh, sorry. Yeah. 7.5 billion. So they purchased Zenimax media, which obviously has a collection of studios under them, including, uh, let's see here, we got Bethesda Softworks, Bethesda Game Studios, id Software, Zenimax Online Studios, Arcane, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, Alpha Dog, and Roundhouse Studios. So obviously, studios like id, you got Doom, and then Bethesda is known for Fallout, Skyrim, uh, Tango Gameworks with their Evil Within, and their upcoming tokyo ghostwire so they got like a crap ton of ips out of this yeah, deal so, not to
1: mention uh don't forget arcane with uh dishonored, you know, dishonored and Deathloop coming up so
0: yeah which is interesting because speaking of, of of tango gameworks with ghostwire tokyo and arcane with their is it Death yeah Loop. Ar- Ar- arcane is doing deathloop right Yep. okay yeah so it's interesting because I and this is obviously a topic of conversation in the the industry for the past week but you know we got that PlayStation press conference earlier this year showing Ghostwire Tokyo as well as Deathloop and then it was announced that those were going to be exclusives console exclusives to the PS5 I believe timed exclusives yes. mm-hmm. and you know none of those games are coming out this year but they're going to be coming out next year and What's crazy is that they've confirmed that they're still holding up that part of the deal of making them, you know, exclusives for when they launch on PS5. So, we literally are going to be living in a world where a two games technically owned by Microsoft are going to be exclusive to the <laughs> the PlayStation, <laughs> which is just crazy to think. Yeah. Like that that's something that I don't think anyone would have ever guessed, right? To think like if anyone was gonna do it, it would it would be Xbox with seeing how they've this generation they've done things like porting games over to Nintendo Switch, right? Um, with some of their first party titles, but the fact that their their number one competitor Sony and the PlayStation is going to have a Microsoft owned IPs on there, it's pretty crazy to believe. Yeah,
1: so. and it's if you think about it too, I wonder if if they're not too worried because you have to figure once that exclusive exclusivity ends those games are more than likely going to be on game pass. Mm -hmm. So uh, unless you're someone that's like, Oh my God, I have to have this game day one, you know, having this knowledge that we have now, you know, it, it kind of gives a reason to sort of hold off on getting those games right away unless you absolutely have to have it first thing. Um, because again, best value in gaming, uh, game pass, you'll be able to play those games for no extra cost. So
0: yeah it's going to be interesting because and, and we'll we'll take the conversation in a bit here when we talk about exclusives cuz i'm interested in hearing what your your thoughts on that um because they haven't they they've kind of tiptoed around uh questions from the media in regards to well what does this mean for these games and are they going to be exclusive to Xbox but yeah like we already have seen Today, we got that announcement earlier today that Doom Eternal, which launched earlier this year, is actually coming to Game Pass on October 1st. So one of their big, huge titles, Doom Eternal, the sequel to, you know, Doom 2016, released this year is our, like there's only a you know couple month gap in between and it's already going to be on Game Pass. And that's just kind of, you know, that's that's just the beginning to think that games like Starfield, Elder Scrolls 6, you know, eventually I'm assuming Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo could make their way over onto that, you know, maybe future Fallout games. Uh, It's just crazy to think that you're now going to be able to play all those games into game uh, or on Game Pass day of launch, right? So, yeah, I just, I I think this, so what I wanted to ask you is in terms of exclusively, exclusive, uh, exclusivity. What do you think Microsoft is going to do when it comes to some of these titles? Do you think we're going to have a combination of, you know, some being multi-platform and then others being exclusive to just PC and Xbox? Or do you think they're going to try and have all their games anywhere they can can be? What do you think about that?
1: I I have to think that they're going to make them uh, Xbox exclusive. I mean, y- you think about the the discussions, the reason why people want PlayStations is for those exclusive games. You always hear, yeah. oh, well, Xbox doesn't have Ratchet & Clank. It doesn't have, uh, you know, Death Stranding and, you know, this and that and, and the other. And so this is really a chance for Xbox. If they want to change that conversation, flip the script on the exclusivity talk, then, um, you know, and to, to give people a reason to buy an Xbox, then... They'll probably keep it exclusive. On the other hand, you know they they still have PC. Um, we see that you know sort of their main focus is getting people into Game Pass. So, you know maybe as long as it's on Game Pass, maybe they don't care mm-hmm. uh, if it's on another platform because it's still gonna bring people into uh, Game Pass as as a platform. So I, I could really see it going either way. It kind of depends on if they if they are planning to really go head to head with PlayStation. If that's the case and they, they really do see PlayStation as their rival and a console war exists, then they'll, they'll make those games exclusive. If you know they're kind of going off what Phil Spencer said earlier where uh, their, their rivals are more like Google and, and Amazon with cloud gaming, then they'll be multi-platform. So it just really depends on what stance they're, they're gonna take going forward. Yeah,
0: either way you put it, I think they're definitely going to come out winning because, yeah, if they do put these games on other consoles like PlayStation or Nintendo or whatever, you know, if you come across someone who, even if they only own a PlayStation, and they're like, well, I could spend, you know, 80 bucks, 70 bucks on this brand new title, or I can literally, I I have my phone, I could subscribe to Game Pass Ultimate and use their uh cloud streaming to be able to access game pass games like I don't even need to buy an Xbox and I can just make that monthly subscription cost and be able to get into that that game plus all the other games so you know like it, it's almost like forcing people to kind of go that way but even if it was the, the case that it's only on Xbox and console that's still encouraging people it's like well I'm gonna subscribe to game pass because there's no point in buying it right if Mm -hmm. you if you're already in the xbox ecosystem and even if you have a pc like it's just the the, we've we talk about game pass so much on this show so we don't need to beat a dead horse on how (laughs) great it is but it just like you know when a couple years ago when they announced all those studio acquisitions like obsidian and in exile and all the ones since then it's pretty, it was crazy because when they were announcing those, it made me kind of think of like, oh, Xbox is really going to try to make some big moves next generation, right? And this is before consoles were announced. This was before xCloud really started gaining traction. I think they had talked about it at this point. And the fact that they're going into this new generation with like everything set up, their foundation set up of like, we got your top tier console, the Xbox Series X, we have a you know, a less powerful console that's more budget friendly. We have uh, this service where you can stream games from your Android devices as of right now, probably more devices in in the future, like smart, smart TV apps and everything like that. And we have all these studios that we acquired. We have the initiative, a brand new studio that's supposed to make, I think they were quoted as like quadruple A games, whatever that means. And then We also got this whole, one of the biggest third party studios, like it's just, it's insane that they're, they're starting this generation on such a high note with all those things I mentioned, like it really is mind blowing.
1: Yeah, it, it really makes me excited for, for Xbox with, with all the moves that they're making. We've seen so many, uh, consumer first, uh, consumer first decisions that they've been making and. Um, now, you know, we've seen all the acquisitions they've been making over the past couple years. So now it's really time for, uh, you know, to, to start seeing these bear fruit and to, uh, see what, what the, the new stable of Xbox games is going to look like. So, uh, I'm excited, um, a lot in, in part because I can play these on PC. Yeah. Um, I do have, you know, Xbox one X, but, um, you know it, it, my my pc is is pretty strong so i i don't necessarily see the need to go out and get a series x when i can use the pc but yet i still have you know i'll still have access to that full stable of games and and game pass and everything so um really good moves being made by xbox good for them
0: yeah and i mean the the fact that they dished out 7.5 billion dollars is crazy right and like a lot of people are making that comparison of Disney acquiring Lucasfilm for like something like four million or four billion, I mean, and so it just it just kind of gives you a reference to how much money like I know that we all know 7.5 billion is a lot of money, but you know they they put that money up there, and I think because they they know they can they can make that return through having these games developed pushing people to subscribe to game pass ultimate which is their their big goal at the end of the day and you know answer that question of making some exclusive games over there and the fact that they they have all of these studios as well as all the other studios that they've acquired that you know when we talk about those other studios a lot of those launched games within the last couple years some of them have announced their new titles like obsidian announced that i think it's called avowed or something like that and so like they have all we, we still don't know what exclusive xbox could come up with this generation they have a lot of firepower with all their studios so yeah it's going to be really incredible to see how this unfolds you know leading into next gen and you know we, i did want to briefly mention because pre-orders for xbox launched this week and some of you might be wondering what's going on with us with xbox and because we've talked about it on the show before but like you you said adam you have your pc that and you're going to be able to to play xbox games through pc uh game pass and you know even just being a game pass ultimate subscriber like you'll be able to access those games on your xbox one x if you wanted to um you know or like i said through streaming and everything i was really on the fence of pre-ordering the Xbox Series X because like I, I've had the last two Xbox consoles and I've been part of that ecosystem for a long time and you know I I it's just especially when pre-orders went live, I was like, man, I really it's easy to just kind of fall <laughs> into the trap of like I wanna be like everyone else yeah. because everyone's getting their consoles and but I'm glad I kind of took a step back to kind of think things through logically. And yeah, I, I think I've said this on the show, but my plan is to take some money that I've already started saving and put that towards building my PC. And then I'll be in the same boat as you. I have my PlayStation for the exclusives over there and for you know gaming in my living room and just hanging out. And then I'll have my PC for everything that comes to PC as well as all the Xbox games. And I'll still have my Switch. And, you know, Maybe later down the line, I could do something like, if, if I really wanted to, it would be, it's kind of hard to justify if I have a PC that can run everything. But, you know, if I wanted to, I could do that all access program through Xbox and finance an Xbox Series X out if I wanted, you know, that Xbox experience in the living room. So they, they've given a lot of options for people this generation. It's not like, hey, you need to, we're selling one console and that's kind of it for our our ecosystem—they're—they're they're giving way more options than Sony and Nintendo are. So I think Xbox is really going to make some big strides this generation, but in a way that we haven't seen done before. So it's really exciting. All right, so yeah, big news from that front. We'll obviously have to look forward to. I should mention that the deal isn't like totally complete yet. I believe I read somewhere that um, leading into next the at the end to the end of this fiscal year to have that deal like finalized and everything like that, so um but they wouldn't have gone out and done these big press releases if they weren't confident that it was pretty much set in stone right so mm-hmm. all right, so big news from xbox really exciting let's turn it over to Amazon, which obviously one of the biggest companies in the world, and you know we saw some leaks and rumors I think probably about a year ago talking about Amazon wanting to get into the streaming space in terms of gaming and how uh, they have Amazon actually has a couple of gaming studios and they've been kind of trying to push into this industry for a while now um, you know moves like acquiring twitch was a big way that they kind of moved into the gaming industry and today We actually got an announcement from Amazon at their hardware event that a new cloud gaming service called Luna is going to be coming out. So basically, Luna is going to launch initially on PC, Mac, Fire TV, and iPhone and iPad with Android versions planned for later at launch. Um, I don't expect them to come out with google chrome compatibility or anything like that because that's their uh their competition but basically you're going to be able to pay $5.99 a month during its early access phase which gives subscribers the access to luna plus channel which basically has a bunch of games and offers 4k 60 frames per second resolution for select titles that's in quotation so not every game is going to run at that it's a good thing that they put that little asterisk there because As we learn with Google, don't make big promises that you can't keep. And yeah, there's going to be access to 100 games um, and launch titles include games like Resident Evil 7, Control, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague Tale Innocence, The Surge 2, Ukulele, Grid, Abzu, and Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. So over time, they said that they are going to be adding more titles to that. Um, They've already partnered with... Ubisoft for a specific gaming channel, and so they describe that as players who subscribe to this channel will have access to their favorite Ubisoft titles in up to 4K resolution, mobile gameplay, and access to new titles when the channel launches like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry 6, and Immortals Phoenix Rising, the same day they release. This is the first of multiple Luna game channels in development where customers can play games from their favorite publishers and genres. So before I we talk about the controller and stuff uh what do you think of this this is obviously some really big news um we already have Google in the streaming space we have Xbox in the streaming space how do you think Amazon is going to do when it comes to streaming video games
1: So uh, Amazon has you know uh, what almost limitless money to <laughs> pretty do, much to <laughs> do things at this point Yeah um so I mean it's it it, it seems very obvious that this, that this would be happening, but yet at the same time, now that it's announced, it's like, Oh my gosh, like there is actually going to be an Amazon, like gaming service. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think where this can kind of maybe stand out a little bit more from uh, Stadia is the fact that this is more of like a subscription service. Like this is more of a Netflix, Netflix type service than what uh, Stadia is because with Stadia sure you can you can either subscribe or not whereas if you subscribe to it you get the free monthly games and everything whereas if you don't you you have to literally purchase every game but even with stadia like even if you pay for that subscription most games you still have to pay out of pocket for. for so you're, you're kind of they're kind of double dip in there a little bit um but i guess you know people could argue that it's really no different than you know like a playstation plus or you know xbox gold or something like that where you have these services that give you free games and whatnot but you still have to pay for the games so it's um you know it just kind of you could look at it different ways basically but yeah this this definitely seems to be more of a netflix style service right off the bat um doesn't make mention of actually purchasing any games so it seems like that sort of netflix thing is going to keep Keep going. Uh, My other question is whether or not that subscription that you pay gets you access to this Ubisoft channel as well, or if that's a separate subscription, like, you know, are we going to start paying like a la carte for these different subscriptions all within Luna or, Mm -hmm. you know, how's that going to work? So that remains to be seen. Um, But, you know, if you if you are sort of going a la carte style, then those you know, that could start adding up pretty quickly. So hopefully they have um, you know, a, a good option for people to not just pile on all these different, you know, subscription channels.
0: Yeah. I I suspect that Ubisoft is probably gonna have their like an additional pay an additional five ninety nine a month for the Ubisoft channel and then we could easily see other third party developers like ea or i I know ea actually has that partnership with xbox so that's probably a bad example Mm -hmm. but you know we could see third parties doing something similar where they have their own channel with all their collection of games and amazon i don't know about amazon prime video in in the states but up here in canada prime video is similar in the sense where you basically, if you're a Prime subscriber, you have access to Prime Video. It has a whole collection of a bunch of movies, TV shows, Prime originals, whatever. And then we also have this thing called Channels. Do you guys have that? Where it's similar to this, where you pay an additional price and you get, there's like the MGM channel, where it's all MGM movies. And then there's uh, like a couple other ones that include uh, like they're basically network TV networks that have all of their shows on there. Do you guys have anything like that on your streaming service? I don't services? think
1: so. If we do, I'm I'm not really familiar with it. Um, I know you can get like premium channels like HBO and right and uh, Cinemax and stuff like that. I think you can sort of purchase through. Uh, or subscribe to through Amazon. But I don't think there's a lot of smaller networks that, that do that. Right. Or, again, it, it could just be that I'm not familiar with it. I don't, I don't use Amazon Prime Video all yeah. that often yeah. to, to know.
0: Yeah. No, I, I don't use it really that often either. But I do find that if there's a TV show that I'm looking for that isn't on Netflix and then we have a streaming service up here called Crave, which is like a combination of Hulu and... HBO max, probably like all the HBO shows are on crave here in Canada. And if they're not on that, then I usually go to Amazon and uh, can find it through these additional channels. But what's kind of cool is they do have like a 30 day trial thing where you can get a month for free. So I could see them totally pulling in people a similar way of like, Hey, you could get this Ubisoft channel free for 30 days, play as many Ubisoft games as you want and then after the free trial is done, they'll charge you monthly, just like they do for the um, the Luna Plus channel. And then before you know it, <laughs> you're paying for probably. It's just like all we're doing is kind of falling into that same system that yeah. cable was, right? Exactly. Of like <laughs> we yep. pay for our 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 package, and then we add on all these other channel packages mm-hmm. or or individual channels even, and then it just adds up. And so I'm not really surprised that streaming services have gone this way. I'm. It kind of sucks that it's just inevitable, right? Like if, if games are going to go in the streaming service, they're also going to probably follow the same route. And yeah, at the end of the day though, it is a way for people to play games that don't necessarily need to or have the money or, 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 or as much of a gamer to spend 500 bucks on a PS five or whatever, mm. like, it's definitely a, a consumer-friendly option um, for yeah. maybe more casual people. And I think your point to what Stadia is doing is, is is yeah, there's a, there's a lot of hurdles there for people to kind of have to go over to get the games they want. The fact that you have to subscribe, I think it's even like 10 bucks a month or something like that. It's a little more. Yeah. And, yeah, you, you get a couple free games. But even then, like the games, or do they justify the subscription service? And the fact that you have to buy a not even a digital version of the game, it's literally like the license to stream it essentially, right um it's just it's so hard to justify, and I think that's why Stadio has failed. That's why I personally didn't jump on board with it <laughs> and seeing this, I could totally see myself just um you know probably streaming like it, it really depends where where what I would like to see is how this what their library will look like right because that's going to be the big question especially with when xbox already has their kind of infrastructure for game pass set up and they already have a lot of deals they have that those first party studios like that that's going to be amazon's biggest competition for sure i don't see google really at least right now until they make some big changes to their platform being that big of a threat to to this because this in, in in a sales pitch sounds way better than stadia
1: Right, exactly. And and I mean, right off the bat, you're, you know, they say they're going to have more than 100 games to play, including some really big ones like Control uh, was, was a yeah. really big one, you know, Resident Evil 7, um, you know, Plague Tale Innocence, you know, so some really good games. And then there's a, uh, a kind of a, a picture that they have here in the article where they're showing... Um, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, they're showing Indivisible on there, so oh, yeah, um, some some additional really good games that aren't called out specifically in the article, but we can see from the picture that's included in the article, um, and then, you know, yeah, so we may have to pay for these, these uh, you know, quote-unquote channels separately, but, I mean, that's a way to, to write off the bat, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry Six, Immortals Phoenix Rising. So I mean, those are games. If you don't want to pay, you know, the sixty or seventy or however many dollars they're gonna be, you know, starting next gen, like, you know, if if five dollars is, is your, your buy in your subscription, it's gonna take, you know, what, like a a year before that ends up being the price of a full game. Yeah, exactly. So I mean um You know, and I I guess between the two, like if you're paying for them separately, like five or six for uh, Luna itself and then five or six for Ubisoft, then like, yeah, it ends up being a a bit more. But, uh, you know, there's no contracts, I'm sure, with these, so you could always just jump in and jump out. Mm-hmm. when when games come up that really interest you i mean immortals phoenix rising like right there i'm very interested in the game but like i've called it before what uh like a dis- discount breath of the wild right uh, or dollar store breath of the <laughs> yeah, wild yeah. like um you know it's maybe not something i want to pay full price for but uh if i can just pay a couple bucks you know get a month of this this streaming service and, and play through it and you know that might be a, a pretty viable option so mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely you know just just having different options available is is a really big uh, is a really big thing for for the gaming community at large
0: yeah no absolutely will be and like once what because it's crazy to think of how that like yeah that just trying to justify purchasing a game nowadays is pretty difficult right like unless it's it's usually the first party PlayStation and Sony games um, that are, are the day one buys for me. Other than that, I usually wait for sales and stuff like that. Or even if there's no confer- confirmation that it is coming to a streaming service, I'm always like, Oh, maybe that one will come to game pass. So maybe I'll, mm-hmm. I don't want to play it that much. But there's a chance, right? And I kind of had that idea with Doom well before they announced that they were (laughs) going to acquire Bethesda and all that. And sure enough, it's coming, right? So, like, I could see people... There's more and more people doing that type of thing. And so I think it's good for the consumer because, like you said, you would have to... Like, even if you include all the channels and add those all up and sure it's a lot of money in if you over the course of a year but it's still way less if you bought games brand new and you're gonna have Mm -hmm. especially if you have multiple channels like you're gonna have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games and so it's yeah I I knew when Netflix really started getting big like we were all kind of talking about like when will the Netflix of gaming come out and I like we we've already gotten there with game pass but we're going to start seeing it really solidify and i think that this generation is all going to be about you know getting games to the consumers through through ways of streaming because it's cheaper and you know we we live in a an era of wanting to consume as much content as possible right whether it's movies or tv shows or games so you know you can what what I am concerned about is if streaming services like Game Pass or Luna, if they have so much quantity of games, will that shift in terms of what these game experiences are like? Are we going to see shorter games? Are we going to see less polished games? Like, I, I I don't think that less polish is going to happen, but I could see a a having a lot more smaller double a titles than the big triple a gods of wars last of us halos like i could see them kind of going that option because you know it would take a lot less money and time to produce those kind of content and if as one uh, you know as long as you're continuing adding stuff that's going to give incentive to people to come and subscribe for it or keep their subscription so yeah, I really want to take a look in five years from now and see how this unfolds because on paper everything sounds good to me, but you know we really don't know what streaming games looks like in the long, long run, right? So they also announced a new controller which basically looks like a Switch Pro controller. Pretty much, it? yeah. Like it's almost identical. Almost identical. Yeah. Um, same. Your offset thumbsticks, uh, although they've changed, or I guess it's the button mapping of the Xbox controller, which is good. But can you yeah, imagine? The handles on
1: it, I think the, the <laughs> way the handles are set up is what makes it look, look so like a much. Switch, like the yeah. form factor looks almost identical. It's crazy. Yeah. But I like the color scheme on it too. Like the sort of like, uh I guess the black and it, maybe I don't like the, I don't know, it almost looks like a blue on there, like a like two a chin, like black type and then blue. of thing, yeah. yeah. But then, like the joysticks and then the uh, the the center button, which I guess would be the equivalent of like your PlayStation button or your Xbox button on your uh, your other controllers. But it, there's you know these purple sort of highlights that yeah. I really like. I think it looks really cool.
0: Yeah, they're going to be able to sell sell this <laughs> through their big Twitch streamers. I'm sure pretty pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they could put Twitch branding on it and stuff like that for Twitch partners. And speaking of Twitch, that when we were talking about the, the graphic that they supplied with some of the games and the little thumbnails for everything, there is a section that says streams of this game on Twitch. And it has a bunch of people streaming and stuff. And I could totally see them taking that idea that Google had with mm-hmm. if you're, watching a streamer on youtube gaming and you could just jump in on stadia and play that game right, right away like they're totally going to do something similar right oh, yeah. where you have ninja playing whatever game and there's going to be a button that's like play now on mm-hmm. luna and you'll just be able to jump into a game right away so i'm sure they're thankful for google for
1: <laughs> right <laughs> coming up with that
0: and they have the the bigger platform which is twitch right um mm-hmm. Not, not that YouTube's, but in terms of live streaming video games, Twitch is king for that. So, yep. So, uh, a little bit of information on the Luna controller. Luna controller is Alexa enabled and connects directly to the cloud to effort control your game featuring a multiple antenna design that prioritize uninterrupted Wi-Fi for lower latency gaming in fact our testing showed a reduction in round-trip latency when playing Luna controller with cloud direct versus Luna controller via Bluetooth with r- reductions b- of between 17 to 30 milliseconds among PC fire TV and Mac because the Luna controller connects directly to cloud servers Players can easily switch between screens such as Fire TV to mobile phone without additional pairing or configuration changes, which is quite awesome because the mm-hmm. like I I run into the issue with game game pass and streaming games on my phone with the kind of the bracket to hold my phone. And then I have to repair that to my Xbox, right? Like I have I, or I could have a I do what Garrett does. I think he bought a controller that's like his xCloud controller, and then he has one that's paired to his Xbox. But being able to just, like, go effortlessly between all of them is kind of ideal, right? So Wi-Fi connection is obviously the better choice as opposed to Bluetooth. Um, and that's pretty much it around information on this Um oh yeah the, they do mention a multi a massive multiplayer game called new world which w- was originally supposed to come out this summer but it's being delayed to 2021 um so they already are in the space of developing their own games but again that's that's going to be even more incentive to get that when they start making first party titles that are luna exclusive and they're you know developed for the platform luna like it's yeah like they really the industry has paid attention to what's going on here and they're going full for it so
1: yeah i think i i just the way it it is starting as long as they have a solid launch like i could see this really overtaking uh stadia pretty quickly Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um does it say
0: does it say when this is coming out i don't think so
1: no, I I think it just had the um where people could could request early access. Oh, okay, yeah, I see here um, in the US. Yeah. So there is a link there that does take you. There's a, a Luna see Amazon.com slash Luna slash landing dash page. Oh yeah, right here. Uh where you can request early access. So interesting. Okay. Yeah, I might have to look into oh, so here's uh I guess just some other things. I don't know if these will be launch titles or not, but just some things that they're showing on, on the screen here. So uh, they're actually showing Assassin's Creed Valhalla yeah, in the I picture. See uh, let's see, Sonic Mania. Uh, control, we already talked about. Indivisible, so there's, uh, you know, clear, clarification on that. SteamWorld Dig 2, really fun game. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, really great game. Uh, Metro Exodus is on there. So uh, it looks like a pretty good... Uh, assortment of both uh you know like triple a games and some uh smaller indie games so interesting
0: oh and scrolling down this page w- yeah it says exactly what i said get more with twitch watch popular twitch streams directly from luna and go from watching twitch to instantly playing them on luna so that makes sense too um a couple more things to clarify so, kind of similar to Stadia, you can use your Xbox One controller, your DualShock 4 controller or use a mouse and keyboard. So that's great. You don't have to buy this controller if you don't want to, although I'm sure they'll try to sell you that that's the mm-hmm. optimal way to experience Luna. Uh Is there I mean it looks good. I kind yeah. I
1: kind of just want one of these
0: controllers. Oh yeah, like it it looks it looks better than the Stadia controller in my opinion, but maybe that's cuz it just looks a lot like the, the uh, Switch Pro controller, which I'm just such yeah. a big fan of. I mean, so. it,
1: I wouldn't actually mind getting one of these for just like PC gaming. Right, yeah. I mean, the, the D-pad looks like it might be pretty nice. Yeah, it looks uh, solid. Yeah, I, I, like I use, I use an Xbox One controller and uh, just the design of this. And again, I think because it looks so much like a, a Switch Pro controller uh, and those controllers are a lot quieter than Xbox one can like every button on the xbox one controller just has a really loud click to it Mm -hmm. um so if it if it ends up being quiet too it could end up being a viable replacement just for that right and then if i do ever and you know get into that ecosystem then you know i could have it to try on that so for sure
0: now before i we end this topic of conversation one thing I wanted to ask you is what do you think PlayStation is going to do in terms in their response to this kind of streaming world? And I know that they've on record said that that streaming or a service like Game Pass isn't a viable like option for them or there some they worded it something like that that they don't just don't see it as being something that they want to do you know, that doesn't mean anything because they could easily turn around and do whatever they want. Do you think PlayStation is going to come out with an equivalent to kind of match Game Pass and now Luna and Stadia in the streaming world?
1: No, no, not even a little bit. Um, (laughs) I think they, they might, you know, they'll continue to have, uh, as a PS now and they'll, you know, they're, we know with ps5 they're gonna have the playstation plus collection or whatever it is and i think that's as good as it's gonna get um right now because of all their exclusives and and things like that and because of how big their their user base is i think they have no interest in in essentially giving out their games for free i think they're just gonna um not that they're free because you pay, you know, you obviously pay a subscription. But right. uh, I think they want to continue getting the 60 dollars, or you know, however much games are going to be. They want to continue uh, getting that that money in full. Um, I just they have enough of a, a user base that they could probably go to a subscription model. And I don't know what the, the logistics of the money works out to be, but I just uh, I, I don't really see them i think they're they're content doing what they're doing
0: yeah no i totally agree with you like they the proof is in the pudding with their games they they produce exceptional first party exclusives and they're all their games you know as our are, are system sellers right like people are going to buy playstation so they can play those god of wars and the last of us and stuff like that and and because they've made so, so much success with that route in this generation of the PS4, like, I feel them just trying to re- replicate that going into the next generation. I do see them maybe coming up with some sort, some more incentives if, you know, we get two years down the road with Game Pass and Luna and everything, and they're seeing seeing a downfall. And, and I don't think that would happen, but if they do, I think it would have to be pretty substantial for them to be like okay we need to like have an answer for this right and i think that they have ideas probably set up in a way that have them prepared you know if if the industry does really change because like you know you look at people today and there's still people that buy for 4k ultra high definition blu-rays but like that that's kind of a niche you know group Group of people. Most people are consuming their content digitally, whether it's through a streaming sor- service, renting them on Amazon Prime Video, or you know, buying a digital copy off a- uh, Apple or whatever. Like there, there, there are people that are doing that, and you know, if if people start doing exclusively that, where they they aren't buying games anymore, and we start seeing drops in sales for games that we're expecting to have these push big numbers. Like it'll, it'll just be, like I said earlier, like it, I I think we'll, we won't know until we really see how this streaming platform rolls out because this is brand new, right? Like we've been kind of doing this for a couple of years now, but you know, Netflix today and all the content that's on it or, Any of your streaming service, that's not what they were on day one, right? They had to work their way to get to that. And I'm sure we'll run into issues, especially because we are dealing with internet connections, right? There's still that question of there's people in parts of the world that don't have these Mm high-speed connections to the internet. They don't have the options of, hey, I have a smart TV. I have a smartphone. Like there's a whole percentage of people that can only do the whole buy buy a console and buy games physically because they don't have that option. So, you know, we're not quite there yet. I think if we were in a world where pretty much everything was digital, then it would be a different case. But they probably would have already pivoted before it got to that point. So I would like to see that PlayStation Plus collection maybe like every, even four Five months, add like a handful of games of their first-party studios. Like, I don't think that will happen, but you know, it would be cool if like next year they put out an update and it has Final Fantasy 7 remake and Ghost mm-hmm. of Tsushima and Last of Us. I don't see that happening, but
1: no, that. But yeah, that would be great. You know, if you figure you give it maybe give it like a year, year and a half, and you know, it it when when sales are on the on the decline or they kind of hit a plateau or something like that you know, just to give it some, some new life, um, you know, add it to the, to the collection or whatever. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people would, would buy in on that.
0: No, definitely. All right. Well, we'll, we'll continue to look at this Amazon Luna. Cause this is obviously a, a new competitor enters the ring. So we'll, mm. we'll keep you guys up to date on any new announcements from that. And yeah, very exciting stuff. Before we get into catching you guys up on what we have been playing, I just wanted to mention that Games Are Fun has their very own store, gamesarefunpodcast.com. We have a collection of apparel and accessories that you guys can purchase. If you would love to support this podcast financially, like we appreciate everyone who tunes in every single week. We can't thank you enough for how much that means to us. But if you want to go a little step further and support us financially, you can do that. So by just purchasing any of our stuff over on GamesAreFunPodcast.com, if you buy a t-shirt, every profit that we make on those sales are going to go back into Games Are Fun. We're going to hopefully try to produce bigger, better quality content for you guys that we can't necessarily do on our our current budget and, and time right now. So it's a great way to help support the show and you get a piece of material for right? a t-shirt, a mug, a sticker, whatever you want to purchase. So please head over to gamesourfunpodcast.com and check that out. And I did want to mention that we actually have three new items that are going to be hitting the store on September 29th. The designs have been finalized. I had my friend Andrew decky create a completely original design for a t-shirt that I'm really excited to, to show off to everyone. So yeah, make sure you mark your calendar. September 29th, they'll be available for purchase over on the store. And, you know, Christmas is coming up. It's a good time to, to get those early <laughs> Christmas right. presents in, right? <laughs> so thanks to everyone who's already bought a t-shirt or sticker or mug. Like, we really appreciate that. All right, what we have been playing. So I guess a, a, a good place to start with this because we both played it, I although I think you've played more than I have, is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. I teased on the show last week that, because we were, I think, the day prior to that game launching, and so you got your hands on it, launch day, you've played a bunch. I unfortunately had my my copy delayed in the mail, and I didn't get to start it until a couple days ago, but I played a little bit about it, or I played a little bit of it, Adam how how what do you think of it we got super mario 64 super mario sunshine and super mario galaxy which have you played them all and which one's the best which one's your favorite out of those three
1: so i i have played them all so far i haven't played through them all but i have played uh you know maybe a couple hours of each so far um mario 64 i'm always going to choose as, as my favorite um <laughs> You know the the collection itself, though, is is great for what it is. I know there's a lot of complaints about it, the price, the fact that there really wasn't any significant improvements on it, um, if any improvements. So, um, you know, I, I definitely understand the criticisms, but I think for what it is, it's it's really great. Like it's you know what Nintendo does best they they repackage nostalgia and they sell it back to us and. This you know it, it does it all for me like the three really good Mario games. Um, I've always been a big Mario fan, so I'm 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 all in on the, the three of them. Again, 64 is my favorite. It it holds up so well. You know I know the the graphics obviously have aged, um, but it, control wise the controls still feel very good. Um, There's, you know, still the issue with the camera, which I don't think anyone is going to try and argue that, that the, you know, the camera isn't the greatest in, in a 3D game, but it's, it's functional enough. You can still play through, um, you know, with, with not too many issues. So I, that one's personally my favorite. Um, I think then I would go with galaxy and then sunshine. Uh, sunshine is, uh, it's good, but. I have my my beef as far as the uh as far as some of the controlling goes. It feels a little slow compared to the others. They they still have, they've created uh, you know, kind of fun worlds to explore, but it also kind of feels like there's not a lot in it. Um like there could maybe you know, it seemed like Mario sixty four kind of utilized their level designs a little bit better than what Sunshine does. And it, it just feels like Collecting those shines it feels so much slower than collecting stars in either Mario sixty four or Galaxy. So it's it's definitely not a perfect game. It's it's not my favorite of the bunch, but it is better than I remember it being. Um, I was never one that was like oh my gosh, Sunshine sucks or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, but it, it was it was never one of my favorite Mario games, but it it is better than than I remember it being. Um, which is good because I did like the game, but now I, you know, it, it's maybe the difference of me feeling like it was a good Mario game to now thinking it's a really good Mario game, um, maybe not quite great Mario game, but really good. Uh, but for me, Galaxy really made the most, uh, the most significant impact because previously you you had motion controls and Mm. you're really tied into those motion controls being able to play galaxy on a pro controller feels so good and that just really elevates the experience for me i i really like what they did with that and it's such a fun game too i think my only issue with that is that it's a little bit more linear than the other two games you don't get these big sandbox worlds that you can kind of play around with and explore at your own leisure and and uh you know collect stars out of order and things like that. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a little bit more linear and structured than what you get out of the other two games, but it just feels so good to play. Um, and, and I can't wait to play more. I'm just really enjoying them.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I think I said on last week's show that I'm not super familiar with 3d Mario games. Cause I just didn't own, like I had a Nintendo, I shouldn't say that because I technically had every Nintendo console at some point kind of besides the Wii U. Um, But I, I rented a lot of games for Nintendo 64. So I just missed out on Super Mario 64. Now I had played a couple hours of it back in the day. I did play a couple hours of Sunshine on my sister's GameCube way back in the day. And I also played a couple hours on I think at my friend's place, he had Galaxy for the Wii. So I played a little bit of each of these games. But Odyssey is really my only exposure to 3D Mario platforming games. And I loved that game because obviously what's not to love with it? It was was an exceptional game. So it's interesting for me going into these games having only played that one. And now I'm kind of in the mindset of knowing that all these are kind of, you know, iterations of the previous games and they've expanded things and learned things. So I didn't want to go backwards. I I did start with Super Mario 64. I played a couple hours of it. I didn't notice those things, like you said, the camera. I felt like Mario controlling felt a little weird to me. Like he felt like he was not as responsive as I kind of expected him to be. But again, it could just be me having that kind of instinct of how... How he's going to react to my my analog control from Odyssey, you know, using the Switch Pro controller to th- to this. Maybe that was messing with my mind a little bit. I don't know. But I'm sure if I played Zelda Ocarina of Time straight port with a Switch controller, it's going to feel a little weird than, you know, having played it on a Nintendo 64 controller or something like now, that. Now, are
1: you, are you playing this with the Pro controller I, or are you okay yeah yeah because i noticed when i was playing handheld with the joy cons it didn't feel great when i mm, moved over to the pro controller i felt like it controlled a lot better
0: yeah so i like don't get me wrong it's not that it doesn't control good or anything like that it's just it's not as quick and snappy as i kind of was mm, okay. ex- i think my mind was expecting so once I kind of adjusted to how the game controls and how the camera moves and realizing that I don't need to move the camera unless it's for something that I can't see, I started kind of be, I became a lot more comfortable playing it. And, you know, I, I should say that I'm just terrible at 3d platforms (laughs) to begin with. Like Mm -hmm. my perception of like trying to jump on something, no matter what the camera angle is, is always just like, I usually overshoot it or, I'm. You know, that's why I love platformers where there's a clear shadow underneath your character. So I can kind of use that as a reference of where I'm going to land. But I'm just, I'm not super, super precise when it comes to jumping on, you know, moving platforms and stuff like that. So, you know, I think there's a lack of skill on my part, I'm sure, playing these games. But yeah, I I really liked it and it looked great. Um, You know, there's some, I guess this is like an emulation of a game mm-hmm. it's not even a, a real port per se right. um which Garrett was talking about on our group chat so it, but in terms of that running emula- emulation like it looks really solid um I do wish it, they could have kind of like had an option to I know that the original way is to play in that aspect ratio but you know there there's lots of things that this collection could have included and I think things like Giving Mario sixty four an option to change controls or um, you know uh, giving more accessibility options, making it so that you could go sixteen by nine if you wanted to, like I think those are all little features that they could have sprinkled in there that they just didn't, which is unfortunate. But it doesn't take away from the the overall game, which is obviously the the important part. So I. I did play a couple hours of sunshine and I did kind of have a, a more fun time with that. Um, and I know that a lot of people have criticisms over the the water platforming and stuff and using that jetpack and how it kind of changes the game in terms of platform. But I, I kind of found it quite fun. And it's, I think I've it's always been a game that I've really wanted to go back and replay after playing it back on my sister's GameCube a while back. So I think that's why I really wanted to I just I came in with a different mindset and maybe that it but yeah it looks great it looks great 16 by 9 Um, controls again with that are a little weird like I find having it like it could be better you know what I mean and how and, and from my understanding they've switched it too from the original GameCube controls or something like that I don't know if you know anything about that.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not, not too sure. Yeah.
0: I think they said something about in terms of controlling the water, uh, like aiming it with, there's something, I think oh, it was right. inverted yeah, it or. It used to be inverted. Yeah. It's not
1: inverted anymore. Yep.
0: So that is great because if it was inverted, my mind just basically melts yeah. and I can't yeah. figure out how to play the game. Yeah. So.
1: Inverted's awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: If you play with inverted controls, you're a monster and there's no, <laughs> no other. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna jump into Galaxy as soon as I can, because um, I was gonna play and like finish 64 and then move on to Sunshine, then move on to Galaxy. But I think just kind of jumping back and forth will be a fun way of playing them, um, or just kind of sticking to the one of like, hey, today I feel like playing Sunshine, or today I play feel mm-hmm. like playing 64 is a good way to play, because you know there's lots to explore, lots of different levels to kind of experience. So I'm not in like, and it's not this big heavy narrative game where i need to like stay focused on the story right right? so yeah i i wish i i could give more impressions though that's really all i can say because i have only probably played maybe four four and a half hours of it so far so so yeah do you are you gonna keep playing it you think for the next like month or so
1: yeah yeah i'm sure i'll be playing more of it um yeah, going forward. I would like to I would like to play through them all. Uh I was going to stream it as well, but it might be one of those things that I I might maybe just do that at a later time. Right. Um we'll we'll see though. I'm trying to figure out how I want to how I want to handle that. But right now I'm just kind of playing for fun as as I have time uh off stream because, you know, my my streaming times are a little bit limited at the moment. So, sure. I mean, if I were to stream it, I think it, it would just, it would take a long time to get through those three games. So that's yeah. why I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. That's fair. All uh, up front. No,
0: that's totally fair. Uh, before we talk about some other games, I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about the price point and what this game offers? Do you think this package is worthy of the cost? I mean, we do have three games, but when you compare them to other Collections that are on the market, or even um, other remasters that have come out, like, do you think that this is worth paying for full price?
1: I mean, it, it all depends. Like, if these games were important to you growing up, or games that you really enjoyed, then then yeah, I would say absolutely get it. Because I mean, the other thing you have to consider too is that it's it's only going to be available for a certain amount of time, right? So, uh, as of March thirty first, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're not really gonna be able to buy it anymore. So if it's something that that you would want and hang on to and go back and play these great Mario games sometime in the future, then then yeah, definitely pick it up. Uh, it it could definitely be priced a little bit lower. But, I mean, it is kind of par for the course for Nintendo. I mean, look at yeah. how often they <laughs> repackage old games and sell it for $60. Yeah. Uh, was it like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze was one of them? Uh, you know, you have all these Wii U ports that are coming over uh, that are selling for, for $60 with minimal. You know, sometimes you get a little bit of DLC or something in there, an extra right. character or something. But for the most part, it, you know, that additional feature doesn't really justify the $60 price. But I mean, in this in this case, again, this is like they've basically packaged up a, a significant part of my childhood just with <laughs> Mario sixty four alone. Um, so I mean, for me, like uh, the the sixty dollars, I I could stomach the the price for yeah. for that collection.
0: Yeah, I think if you grew up playing these games or were a Nintendo fan growing up, you probably have already picked up your copy. But if you're like me and You even just had a small interest in checking out these games. I think this is a great way to do it. Sure, it it could have a lot more features. Um, It's not perfect. There's a lot of things I wish it had that it didn't. I mean, the inclusion of the soundtracks is pretty cool. But in terms of extra content in this package, like, it's pretty bare bones. Even, like, the menu screen is just like, there's the three games. There's the three soundtracks. (laughs) There you go. So it would have been cool to do stuff like that or save states or whatever like you know there's there's endless things they could have done but i just like that i now have the opportunity to because really before you couldn't play sunshine unless you owned a gamecube copy because it was kind of locked on that console you know unless you found some sort of rom or whatever but that you know if we're talking legally that's the only way you could play it and right. you know a copy of sunshine off ebay is still going to run you probably 60 bucks so yeah and you know you here you get a bit of a more optimized experience and it's also included with two other games i mean i'm not saying sunshine is the center of attention but you know the um you, you could like you said talk about we uh with the motion controls with galaxy and how it's now you can play this game in a much better way with using that pro controller so i think it yeah, it definitely you should get on it if you haven't bought it already just because it is limited and then you'll have those games, right? I'm I'm not in the mindset of like I need to beat all these games before PS5 comes cuz I like I just have these Mario games and they're going to be a great way of you know, when I want to play something a little bit more casual, a little bit more laid back and yeah, I'm just glad that I have access to them now. However, it would have been way cooler if they they just released Super Mario Sixty Four in a Nintendo sixty four online collection with right. a bunch yeah. of Nintendo sixty four games. I mean, that
1: especially cool. since it's an emulated game anyway. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, that would have been so great having a Nintendo sixty four yeah. collection. Throw an Ocarina,
0: Nintendo. Majora's Mask, yeah. Mario Kart, Paper Mario. <laughs> would have been cool. But Oh,
1: it'd been great.
0: Still, still possible, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nintendo can basically do whatever they want. That's the, at the end of the day. You can complain all you want about this package and how much it costs. You still bought it. We we still bought it. Nintendo fans are still bought. will always still buy. It. Like they they got you in the palm of their hands, and uh, and you're probably not going to try to an escape anytime soon. So <laughs> so I. Before I turn it over to you, Adam, to talk about a couple games, I'm just going to mention that last week I said I was playing through Batman Arkham Asylum because I had this urge to kind of revisit that game. And I actually roll credits today. So it's a lot shorter of a game than I remember. It's only like 10 to 12 hours or something like that. And the game is really fun. It's showing its age a little bit in terms of the game design. It feels like this Arkham Asylum member, like being able to kind of explore it and it feeling pretty big um, because, you know, it gives you the option to kind of go wherever you want while also kind of being linear and kind of pushing you in a certain direction. Um, And I'm glad that it did that because that was the one thing I'm going to start Arkham City, but that was the one hard thing I had about Arkham is that I going from Asylum where it was more linear to city where there's side missions and a more open world to kind of experience things. It's like, I, I, I just think I, it'll be, I think now I'm in the opposite mindset where I'm kind of uh, glad that I'm going to be opened up and kind of play the game how I want to play it. Cause that's how more modern games are played now. So it's definitely, it's in its game design. It, it seems typical of what came out in 2009. So you know, that wasn't the best for the experience, but that game's really solid. Like, it still stands up as, you know, a really solid video game as well as a really, you know, one of the best video- superhero video games. And, yeah, there's so many moments I forgot about in that game. Like, the whole s- Scarecrow stuff is awesome. Mm-hmm. I forgot yeah. about that. Um, just, like, the, the amount of enemies, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn... Um, Killer Croc, like I forgot about all these boss battles, Bane like there there were some cool moments that I remember being like oh I remember playing this so it was kind of fun taking a trip down memory lane with that game because I remember just playing it back in 2009 and absolutely loving it can't say that I absolutely love it anymore but it mm-hmm. it is a really good game and I'm really excited to continue my, my Batman playthroughs with uh, Arkham City, Arkham Knight and then hopefully get prepared for those uh, DC games next year. So, yeah, it's been been fun. I, I just booted up Arkham City before recording. And, yeah, we'll, we'll see if I, I hang on to that one or not. But I really don't have that many games to play right now. So I'm just kind of playing whatever I want until, mm-hmm. you know, P- PS5 hits and Cyberpunk hits. So that's, that's really all I've been playing is Mario and Batman. But uh, you've been playing a a game that's been talked about all over twitter i'm hearing it's <laughs> game of the year contender hades that just yeah. came out on switch so give me your thoughts
1: yeah so uh so i actually played this whenever it, when it was in early access uh so apparently the last time i had played it was back in like march or february so i mean it, it was way earlier on in the year um and and now here it is, you know, fully released version out of early access. Uh everyone has started playing it again and um yeah, so it, it's it's basically all anyone's talking about at this point point. and it's it's such a good game. It's it is, you know, one of the most perfect roguelike games you you can possibly find at the moment. Um I will say it definitely feels easier than than I remember playing back when I played it in like March, February, Very um, yeah. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of new additions there. There's some new weapons. There's some new uh, characters that kind of give you, uh, you know, th- there's a more wide variety of powers that you can get in your in your runs. Like upgrades that you can get in your runs, uh, which which maybe contribute to that that feeling of it being easier. I also think that some of the rooms that you go into maybe have been uh, dialed back a little bit because i feel like in the the first world was was extremely difficult in early access and i don't know if that's just because there was less content they were trying to make things more difficult or if they found that it was just a little a little too difficult and they had to had to tone it down some uh either way it definitely does feel a little toned down but it's fine because you know i uh, I've been able to make some some good progression in the game. Um haven't haven't beaten it yet, but I feel like they've it it feels beatable without being too easy. Um but there's just there's so much lore in the game uh you know now especially from when I played it before. But yeah, there's a ton of lore, ton of characters, there's a ton of things to unlock. Some some things are purely cosmetic, some are um, you know, more functional for, for your gameplay. Um, some of them give you, you know, sort of like accessory items that you can use to give you like a, a, you know, a buff of some sort in your run. Um, yeah, a couple new weapons. So there's, there's really just so much content in the game, but the writing is really good. It's, you know, it's funny at some points, it's a little touching at other points. Um, it, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, the interaction with the, with the different characters and and you know, I feel the couple times you know maybe where it kind of, I want to say maybe breaks the fourth wall, um, but yeah, it, it's just enjoyable all around. Like it, it, totally makes sense why why everybody's just uh, gushing about this game. It's it's so much fun. It's like I said, it's it's about as perfect of a of a roguelite as, as you can get at this point so
0: awesome well that's that's solid i, I really want to pick it up because everyone's been going on about it and yeah i i'm just trying to i'm, I'm trying to save a little money with <laughs> with everything coming up with the ps5 and some games yeah. and stuff but i'm definitely going to play it so yeah it, it's not it seems like a game that Like that's a genre that I don't typically gravitate towards, but Mm -hmm. I have like a select, like I really like Diablo and there's a couple other smaller indie games that I've played that, you know, provide a good experience, but watching the gameplay with this one, it seems to be the kind of pace and it just fits into what I'm kind of looking for when I'm playing these types of games. So yeah, I, and I love the art style looks great. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. The art style and animations are just insane. It, yeah. They're
0: so good. They really stand out for sure. That's awesome. Garrett also got a chance to check out this game. Of course, couldn't make the show this week, but I'm sure next week he'll... Well, we'll talk about it a little bit more because um, mm. I'm, I'm sure you're going to keep playing it. And Oh, yeah. Uh, Garrett will also have some impressions to add. Any other games you've been playing?
1: Yeah, so on the... Uh trying to think when i think it was just recently it came out there was the uh, on nintendo or super nintendo or SNES switch online whatever you want to call it uh so at the same time they, they just recently put out donkey kong country 2 on there and in that same uh that same update they put in it's like a so i don't know the name of it because it's in japanese but it's like mario picross and it's the first Pit Cross game that I've I've ever played. I figured I'd just try it kind of on a whim, and I, I will say that, um, putting Mario in it feels very shoehorned uh, because you really only see Mario when you beat like a a section like a certain group of of puzzles, and I'll say congratulations, you've beaten the the level one group of puzzles and there's mario giving you the congratulations and that's it like here i was thinking that the the so basically what it is is it's it's sort of a cross between sudoku and like minesweeper okay um and and what it is is your puzzles instead of just you know with if you think sudoku you're just you know putting the numbers in place in the their logic order that they need to go in but in this as you're kind of completing that puzzle you're also creating a picture and so my thinking was that when you uncover all these panels and you finish the puzzle you're going to get a picture of like a mario character or you know mushroom or fire flower or something like that something mario related and there's none of that it's just (laughs) basic basic stuff and and it's an old game so Hmm. you're getting really old like uh like, there, one of them was a, a save icon, you know, like the little oh, old yeah. school floppy disk. <laughs> so, like, nobody knows, like, <laughs> What people, that is, yeah. Yeah, nobody knows what that is. And L.C. grew up with it, right? Yeah. And then there's, like, a super old-looking, like, satellite dish was another one. Oh, gosh, that's hilarious. Um, so, there's r- some really dated pictures that that you uncover in there. Now, there is... So, I'm kind of playing through, like, the normal mode, I guess you could call it. There is, like, a separate mode which is kind of like a hard mode, I guess. And, and it's, it's Wario instead of mm, Mario. Okay. And those ones are a little harder. There's not as many. Um, there, there's certain things when you play through like the Mario puzzles that uh, kind of, I don't want to say give you hints, but kind of like it sort of lets you know when you make a mistake. And, and things like that, whereas the Wario one doesn't. Like, you're just playing all off of, like, you got to get it right, otherwise your your entire puzzle's going to be borked. So I don't know if maybe somewhere down the line in that maybe there's some Mario pictures. I'm kind of doubting it at this point, um, but I am a little bummed about that. But i got to say, like, I'm not really, like, a puzzle guy, but I'm really, really enjoying my time with this game, and it kind of makes me want to play you know, other pit cross games, right. <laughs> just because, you know, maybe, you know, something a little bit more modern in that, that, you know, franchise or that genre. So, uh, I might, might look into finding something It's just something very relaxing to just kind of sit down and, and, and play. And I guess kind of, uh, you know, uh, st- stimulate your brain, I suppose, make you think.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I, never played pick cross games and i never really knew what they were about but i had heard so many people on i think it was pear from ign on mm. nvc pod podcast and uh some some people that have gone through game scoop talking about pick cross and i'm like man that's a game that sounds interesting and a good little kind of time waster to to play something while watching tv or whatever Mm -hmm. and when i saw that one on there i wanted to check it out so now that i kind of have heard your synopsis of it it might be something to just check out for an evening or whatever but yeah that's pretty cool i mean it's i'm just it's it's an addition i guess to the the online services which i've kind of lacked especially for the super nintendo i mean it would have been cooler if we got chrono trigger or oh, yeah. something chrono like trigger, that but... super
1: mario rpg yeah <laughs> final fantasy 3 yeah come, on. come on nintendo
0: exactly but make it happen i mean
1: i mean those are all square games they're not nintendo sure, games so i'm but, sure there's licensing and stuff yeah make it happen Nintendo, make it happen you can do it yeah
0: we look We love pig cross but come on <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah well cool that's awesome any other games that you wanted to mention or were those it
1: uh, that's about it. I've been playing some more Spelunky, uh, which is, which is fun. Nice. You know, still, still really enjoying that. Uh, i prob- I think I'm probably going to double dip on that when it comes to PC. Um, just it's, you know, sometimes a little bit easier for me to, to surprisingly to sit down and play on my PC these days than what it is, uh, on my PlayStation. Cause I, I like to, I like to watch things while I play games and I have a two mm-hmm. monitor set up. So it's nice to just sit down, have, you know, a game on one screen and then be watching something on the other screen. Right. And that's a really good game to do that with. Like you do have to, you really have to pay attention to what you're doing in the game, but it also lends itself well to, you know, listening to something or mm-hmm. having something on the other screen. So cool. But yeah, that game's dope.
0: Awesome. <laughs> that's great. Alright, let's move on to question of the week. This is where we ask you guys a question. Every single episode, you answer and then we read your responses on the following episode. So last week, I asked you guys, uh, let's pull it up here. Now that we know all the details about next-gen console release date slash price, which console are you planning on getting? So over on Twitter, we have Danny at MadHatter1138 underscore says, I'll get a PS5, but probably after the new year. And then at BJBernardo10 says, The Xbox Series S. It's the cheaper version, don't need 4K, and I've gone all digital anyways. It might change when we find out how much the Seagate SD card is, which <laughs> I didn't include in this uh, today's show, but that is something that was revealed today and... Those Seagate proprietary cards that expand your storage on the Xbox are not cheap, (laughs) which no Mm -hmm. one really expected them to be super budget friendly, but they're, I think it was like $300 or something like that, or it was like $320 Australian. So maybe closer Mm. to like $250 to $300 American, I would say.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure what the conversion is on no. that. I know Australians a lot more.
0: Yes, definitely. It's even more than us Canadians. So yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's, yeah, we'll have to talk about that another time. Cause that's, a, <laughs> it's crazy that we're like almost gone back in time to like the memory card days. Cause that's right, what it, it exactly. is essentially. Right. So, yeah. um, sorry, back to BJ with only 512 gigabytes The extra storage is needed if the combined cost is too much i might just get the series x so be interesting bj now that you know prices if that possibly changes your your decision there with either going for the the x just to make up for you know having a little bit more storage and not having to dish out for that storage card then we have at bush league gaming uh they say ps5 pre-order is locked which is great to hear Our friend Luke Lewis at Lukewarm Lewis basically just put a GIF of the PS5 and heart eye emoji. (laughs) And then we got at LPXDC says not now, but a PS5 late last or late next year. And then we also post this question over on our Discord server, which you can join if you just go to invite.gg slash games are fun. And your brother Steven says, uh, let me bring it up. It closed off again. God damn it. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. I will more than likely get the PS5 about three months after release. I don't need this pre-order and holiday season nonsense. I'll stick with the Xbox Game Pass for PC until it's insufficient to play certain certain titles but with the new halo and fable coming to it at release it is going to hold me over for a little while so kind of a variety of answers there lots of ps5s but uh you know we only got a couple people that got their pre-orders of this looks like some people are waiting like your brother and some others on twitter you obviously know our answers to this question we both Mm -hmm. got our our ps5s pre-ordered I got the all digital. You got the the one with the disc drive, and then you yeah. got your 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 PC. Mm-hmm. I'm aiming for a PC, uh, especially now that we got those thirty eighties. I'm I'm really looking forward to saving oh up gosh, a little yeah. more cost to.
1: They are impossible to find right now. I've actually been hoping to get one for myself, and it's just. Uh, I think it's harder to get one of those than it is to get a pre-order in on, on a new console right now. It's insane.
0: Yeah. I've seen, seen some dialogue on Twitter about that. I'm hoping that cause I won't, I won't be able to get a PC probably until next year. I thought maybe I could do it this year, but it, it's more looking like sometime next year. And so I'm hoping that they're more accessible at that point And you know, uh, I'll just be able to to build up the PC I want and yeah, that'll be exciting. But, and then Garrett, uh, I I kind of know Garrett's plans because he actually shared, he had this he has obviously pre-ordered the PS5 all digital edition as as it happened on last week's episode you you guys both were able to pre-order that live yeah. while we were recording <laughs> but uh, yeah Garrett was talking about doing the all access through mm-hmm. uh, for the Xbox Series X I believe he said and he's actually yeah. looking at maybe doing a different option i can't remember what he said but it's a little bit different oh yeah i might skip out on all access because best buy is doing 18 months no interest on anything 4.99 or over so basically that's another option for people is if you want to finance this you could possibly do it through best buy and through their financing program and then you know you could do the payments a little bit differently it just gives another option to people which is really cool so uh, make sure you look into that because yeah you wouldn't get the the system with game pass ultimate because that's kind of part of the deal through xbox all access financing option but there is that other option of maybe going through best buy if you have game pass ultimate it could be a better deal in the long run so um yeah lots of ways for people to get their consoles. And yeah, thanks for for writing in to that question. We have a new question for you guys, and it kind of relates to our big topic today on the Bethesda acquisition. So do you think Sony will acquire a studio in response to the Microsoft acquisition? So answer that however you will. Could just be a simple no. (laughs) But if it is, yes, maybe expand a little bit and talk about some studios that you think Sony could acquire. And if it is no, maybe expand a little bit as, as to why you think they wouldn't. Right? I mean, it's just because Microsoft went out and did this doesn't mean Sony has to. You know, it's not a game of pong, but you know, usually they're they're kind of trying to match each other on these things. So there's been lots of talks also on on Twitter of Konami and and the crazy things like Sega being acquired by by Sony and. That would be cool, but I want to hear what you guys think so you can respond to that over on our Twitter page at Games Are Fun Pod. Or like I said, head over to our Discord, Discord invite.gg slash Games Are Fun and answer it over there. All right, that concludes this episode of Games Are Fun. Adam, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, I'm on Twitch and Twitter at AdamPalooza85.
0: Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Allen Arm. Like I said, follow the show on Twitter at Games Are Pod, Instagram at Games Fun Pod, Facebook.com slash games fun, and again, Discord is invite.gg slash games fun. If you're lazy, though, all the links for that is in this episode's description. If you want to send us any emails, you can do so by emailing us at contact at games Alright, that concludes this episode of Games Are Fun. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you all next week.